Hello, I'm Lisa Bien, and welcome to Bouncing Back. We use stories to think about our lives. We think of the amazing highs, the agonizing lows, and very little do we think about the in-between. But the truth is, most of our lives are lived in the in-between. Every day is filled with small struggles and battles that we might not remember or even think about much later. But when taken together, it can result in either giant piles of teeny doubts that stop us from achieving all that we can accomplish. Today, we're going to talk about bouncing back from those everyday doubts and how we can create strategies for success as an entrepreneur. Let's get started. Hello, I'm Lisa Bien, and welcome to Bouncing Back. That makes a way. <laughs> Be honest and communicate. Honest. Your authentic sound is yeah. so critical. Thank you for joining us on this edition of Bouncing Back. First, let's welcome our guest. Nir Guy has always dreamed big after planning a career in finance. He shifted his focus to becoming an entrepreneur and he enrolled at Temple's Fox School of Business. While traveling, he discovered a love for unique and pleasing scents. He and his company, Perfumology, are introducing Bliss, his very first scent this month. Thanks for being with us today, Nir. Dr. Michael Riviera is the Academic Director of the Fox Executive MBA Program and Managing Director of the Fox Center for Executive Education here at Temple. He has filled a variety of faculty and administrative roles, but currently he leads executives across the country and across the globe, including countries like France, Singapore, and Japan. He believes in pushing beyond the classroom and into new frontiers, and he's the co-founder of an innovative tech startup of his own, Develop Me, a continuous 360-degree human capital analytics feedback tool. Wow, welcome. Thank you. <laughs> I'm so excited to have both of you here today to talk about a topic that is extremely near and dear to my heart, which is being an entrepreneur. And everybody thinks it's so easy. So wow. let's... Let's share with the audience the truth about entrepreneurship. Well, we'll, we'll start with your story. So tell us, is it easy? No, absolutely <laughs> not. Uh, you know, for me, it really began with family and, and because I watched all my family members pretty much start uh, multiple businesses and I saw them go through the successes and failures. Uh, it's definitely not easy. And the worst thing in the world as an entrepreneur is to be bored. So. Uh, you, you constantly have to find new ways to innovate and, and develop your business in whatever field you're in. Well, it certainly sounds like you have done that. You've been there, done that, and keep doing it. So impressive. So what do you think is truly the, the secret sauce, if you will, to being a successful entrepreneur? Sure. Well, I, I think there's really a, a couple pieces to it. Uh, first is education. You know, you have to be equipped with the right competencies, mindsets, tools to ensure that you can operate a business very competitively. And in my background, I'm in the strategic management department at Fox, and strategy is all concerned about how we drive performance at a company. And having that, those tools and training allows you to know about the levers that you can pull to really ensure your business is most competitive. But more than anything, I would say passion. You have to be dearly passionate about your particular startup. Uh, because being an entrepreneur is not easy and there's ups and downs and you have to have something that's driving you keeping to move you forward through those really difficult uh, valleys. So we talked about 
all, you know, you talk about education, um, and of course, I'm a big believer in education. We all are around here, and education is important, right? And passion is just important. But I think there's got to be a certain type of mental toughness that comes along with the passion. Would you agree? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I remember going to school here, and somebody said something about the Temple O, where, like, in the 70s and 80s, it was like, oh, you went to Temple, whereas now, oh, you went to Temple. Uh, and that really comes from the fact that it, it, this school and the people who go to it are a little more driven, a little more gritty. Uh, I love that word gritty. Yeah. We're always using the word gritty when it comes to Temple. <laughs> it, well, else. it's Temple, but it's also entrepreneurship. You have to be able to cut your teeth and be able to move forward. Um, and that's absolutely part of entrepreneurship, 100%. You have to be ready to deal with these challenges and face them and continue, as Michael said, with the passion. Uh, you really need to find a way to move past the difficulties. I agree. There's definitely, a, you have to find a way to move this through the difficulties, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about some of those strategies. But before we do that, why don't you, <coughs> excuse me, share with us some your story, like where you are today. Bring us forward. Tell us, share with, like, about your business. Um, How did you go from finance to being an entrepreneur? Uh, well, as with everything else in the industry, it's uh, successes and failures. Finance didn't work for me. Uh, I went from there to law school, and that didn't work either. Um, and that came from listening to the wrong people instead of myself. Now see, that raises an interesting point, too. I think you would agree as well. I think when you're an entrepreneur, and we'll, we'll keep on that, sure. but listening to the right people or the wrong people is so key. You know, when I started my business, I created an advisory group of, of six people that I just thought were so critical. Did you do something like that? Uh, yeah, uh, my wife is one of them who Michael actually knows fairly well. Uh, and one of, the, you know, I work with my mom and it's a tight knit family industry or business, sorry. And um, they're my advisors. The people who have succeeded before me in their own business and their own field were the people I listened to and just adapted it to my own business. Um, and that's, that's the best way to make that happen. So you two met while here, while you were studying here, correct, right? Do you still mm. call him and say, hey? Uh, Actually, we met 10 minutes ago. Oh, I'm sorry. So. I, thought you, I thought you met before. Okay. No, he just knows my wife through the temple school. Oh, okay. So there's a temple connection mm -hmm. family. Okay, great. So your business is perfume, perfumology, perfumology right? Yeah. It's where, where, you know. We're in King of Prussia. Okay. And I have a storefront in King of Prussia where I sell a lot of different commercial fragrances, but my focus is in high-end niche perfumery. So I get the best quality products from around the world and put it in my store and present it to my customers. The goal there is for people to see and smell something that they've never experienced before, and it's because the rest of the field, the rest of the industry is going lower end, but some small companies are going high-end, and that's where I'm focusing my business. So, how does someone? I'm so I'm so like okay. We well, I went to I was going to do finance. Then I became an entrepreneur. Now I'm doing perfume. How does he become an expert in perfume? Because wouldn't you agree that if he's going to do perfume and he's going to be an entrepreneur, does he need to be the expert in perfume? How does one do that? Yeah. So I think an, an important piece of this is knowing what you do well, and being able to leverage those strengths, but also getting a sense of what you don't know. And then surrounding yourself with the right kind of network and mentors that can help fill those gaps. Uh, success in an entrepreneurial startup doesn't come as a result of just one person. There's a big team, whether it's through 
co-founders or a broader network. Say that again, because I think the really important things need to be repeated. Success for an entrepreneurship startup yeah. is not just about one, one, one individual. It's right. about the team. It's about the network of individuals behind it. And great things happen when you put talented individuals together and you sort of create an environment where people are collaborating and facilitating. That's great. So how'd you learn about perfume? Uh, well, I started about 10 years old. That's the funny thing. Uh, I started traveling with my family. They took me around the world pretty early. And I would get lost in the duty-free section. So that, that's how I started, is like 10, 11, 12 years old, just smelling the stuff around. Um, once law school didn't work out, my mom partnered with somebody specifically and was like, I'm opening a perfume shop. So that just happened coincidentally as I was in transition anyway. Um, we partnered up with this guy. That partnership didn't work out for a lot of reasons, but ultimately I real the, the light switch turned on. So it was like, oh, I've, I've been smelling stuff for 15 years, 20 years. This is where I want to be. Uh, and I had no idea that this is where I wanted to be until it actually happened. So it's not like it just hit you. It just kind of evolved. It evolved over the course of about 20 years since I was a little kid, yeah. And so how long has Perfumeology been open? Three years, since 2013. Yeah. So what would you say, in, since you started Perfumeology, has been your greatest frustration? My greatest frustration is, has gone from the daily, like, I'm getting... 50 no's for one yes from my customers. I think that's an interesting point too. It's I hear that a lot so, about that. But that's just the start. That's like the daily challenge. Wait, you have that daily? That's every day. That's that. Of course I do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the the challenge has gone from that to now I'm the one saying no. So um, people started to hear about who I am and the, this up and coming perfume boutique, and I've gone from hearing those and I still get those no's to now I'm the one saying no to these other up-and-coming uh, fragrance companies that want to be in my shop and I can't I can't bring them on so that's really frustrating well so you you, you made an interesting point you're, you're dealing with a lot of frustrations and you said one of the things you said that I, I caught was that you said I now I get to say no yeah. Right. It's a, so yeah. what what kind of things are you getting to say no to? People trying to get you to go someplace else, change your brand, not be loyal to and true to who you are? There is a lot of that. Um, I do get people trying to influence my business, like, oh, you should change this aspect or that. Um, how do you do that, though? But, like, you know what I mean? Like, how do you stay true to what your belief is for what perfumology should be? Because I know... And, and, and I, I share your frustration. I talk to entrepreneurs all the time and that sometimes we see a star or, and it seems like it's really shiny and bright and we go, well, maybe we should go over here. Maybe that will help me get to where I want to go quicker. How do you stay true to what you believe in? You have to learn what, what noise is noise and what the right advice is real advice. You have to figure that out. And the only way to do that is by a series of mistakes and uh, a, a bunch of successes, but there it, there will be challenges, and it's all day, every day. And I like what you said. He said, "It's all day, every day." You have an entrepreneur. You have a your own correct. business as well. Do you find the same thing that it's constant challenges and? For sure, and and you have to love challenges. You have to see challenges in, as opportunities uh, to really be able to do this uh, for the long haul. But you know, when a challenge presents itself, 
there's really a chance to step into it, assess a problem, perhaps even create more value uh, for the particular customer. Uh, I really like some of the points that you made, and, and I think it, it, an important addition to that is entrepreneurial startups evolve over time. The feedback that you get, the way you assimilate information changes from early days uh, through when your company matures more and more. And so uh, I think it's important to really be uh, committed to listening, uh, to listening to yourself, to your partners, uh, colleagues, customers, uh, and, and then really being able to effectively decipher what you should be listening to and, and what also is, is noise. Yeah. I think that's one of the, I, I personally think, <laughs> speaking from experience, that that's one of pe people's biggest challenges, how to decipher what is noise and what is real solid advice. So, um, you know, and then you said something that was really interesting. You said you have to love challenges. And it's uh, that's really interesting because I never thought of it that way, to have to love challenges as an entrepreneur because they're so many on a daily basis. So when you're teaching, mm -hmm. how do you teach your students? I mean, I have lots of respect for school and education, as I said before, but isn't there a certain tenacity that one needs to have to face these challenges? Or is there steps that one can take? You know, can yeah. you say, listen, here's the thing we do. Like, is there something we can tell our, our, our viewers today? Yeah. Like, here's that's some a, steps you can take. That's a great question. Uh, thanks for asking that. Uh, you know, first, every person's unique. They have strengths and skills. And I think one job as a professor is helping uh, your students understand who they are and what their skills are, what they're good at, what they need to improve. Uh, but the great thing as well is that uh, success and strategy can be learned. You know, it's not an elusive uh, outcome. It's something that you can figure out, but it requires commitment, hard work, personal evaluation, uh, and evolution. Uh, one of the things that I think Fox uh, does extremely well is that as a business school, we're very industry connected. So yes, we teach out of the textbook. Yes, we focus on good theory, but we're strongly committed working with companies in the area, tackling real world problems, and putting our students in those situations where they can they can learn in, in a real uh, real world environment. I think that's really what makes uh, the difference. The value comes out of the struggle, tackling the problem uh, and being able to learn from it. If you can sense your learning from problems, uh, you know you're growing, and so you'll you, you will you, your competencies and abilities will improve. Learning from problems. Okay, well. <laughs> We're going to take a break and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk a little bit about that. We'll continue our conversation about bouncing back from everyday doubts as an entrepreneur when we come right back. Welcome back. We're talking about bouncing back from everyday doubts as an entrepreneur. Our guests are Nir Guy, an entrepreneur, and Dr. Michael Rivera, the academic director of the Fox Executive MBA program here at Temple. But we could tell, we could t spend a whole lot of time talking about your business, Temple Fox Business School. But let's let's talk about maybe five tips that each or you have, and then maybe some of your tips as well. Five tips that you could offer to people that are saying, "Hey, I'm either let's do two things. I'm thinking about being an entrepreneur. Okay, what what are the best five tips or three tips? People like things in odd numbers, and then then let's talk about you are currently an entrepreneur." What some tips you can do? How's sure. that sound? Great. <laughs> okay, so we'll start with you. All right. So, so if you're thinking about an entrepreneur, being an entrepreneur, I think there's a few things you can do. One is really focus on getting an idea that you're passionate about. Look around you, find out what you're interested in, tackle a, a problem area where, where you have a deep interest. 
Secondly, uh, you need to refine that idea and you need to share that idea with others because I think entrepreneurs sometimes look very positively about their idea and they, they don't think about the holes and opportunities to improve it. And lastly, I would say you need to be focused on challenging your hidden assumptions. There are things you're thinking and there are things you're not thinking about and others can help reveal that to you and that will help make your, your startup uh, a little bit stronger. In, in terms of my own personal behaviors, there are things that I do, and I, I'll be interested to hear your list because I think they probably vary for everyone. Uh, I, I get up early in the morning. I mean, even on a Saturday when I sleep How in. How early? That's what I want to know because I read an article the other day in Forbes, and they were like, to be a successful entrepreneur, you have to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning, and they had this whole list. Is it 4? Do it's I not, need to get up at 4? It's not 4, but it's 5.30. <sighs> and when I sleep in on the weekends, it's 6.45. That's sleeping in? That's sleeping 6.45? Yes, yes. <laughs> no wonder uh, I don't like being an entrepreneur now. <laughs> I, I, I diligently plan my day. Every day I identify three things that are going to advance my career or my startup. And, and before I, I reach Fox, I try to have done a few of them. Uh, and, and, you know, it might be incremental, but over the course of a year, that adds up. And over years, it adds up uh, significantly. So, wait, so, you, so you make a list of three things that you want to do to impact your day. Can you share with us three things? I'm just curious, like what maybe you woke up today, unless it's, if it's too personal, but what did you wake up today and decide that you were going to do? Sure, sure. So, uh, you know, one big thing I have going on in my life right now is I have some contracts that I'm negotiating. And so I'll spend some time before the day starts thinking about those contracts. What are the opportunities? How should I position my messaging around them? Uh, the morning when it's quiet can allow you to really reflect before the day before the day frazzles you. I think about individuals that maybe I haven't connected with in a while, and I say, you know, I think I want to go to lunch with somebody that I haven't gotten a chance to connect with personally. Uh, and just sort various activities like that that are outside of the, the day in, day out operational things. So you do every day in the morning what most of us just did recently when we say Happy New Year, right? <laughs> Everyone says, oh, it's the New That's Year. That's very generous and... of you. I wouldn't go that far, well, but yeah, I try to like be very deliberate. I mean, deliberate. think about it. We all make resolutions. So basically what you're saying is you wake up in the morning, you reflect, you calm before the, before the noise sinks in our brain, right. and then you come up with your personal resolutions, yeah. three things to do. Yeah. I had a mentor that taught me that, you know, if you, if you want to get ahead in these things, you have to be committed to working when most everybody else is not working. And, and, and that's how you can make and stretch yourself and, and, and get a leg up on, on, on some of the competition. So are you committed to working? Yeah, I mean, it's about <laughs> the comfort zone. everybody else is not. <laughs> I, I would change that, and that's just commit yourself to working outside of your comfort zone. Be ready to do stuff that nobody else is willing to do. Um, for me, you know, I plan out. I'm, I'm not an early person, so for me, I'm a retail right so my hours are 10 a.m. to 9 p.m. and I'm active on my website at the end of my day so between 10 and midnight what do you mean active on your own so website? I'm building my website so you build your own website. I build my stuff so at wait, the end of my day that's an interesting point too entrepreneurs aren't just going into their business they're marketing their business they're doing everything you're we, like we wear all hats if it's a small operation you're wearing all the hats but you have to know you know who to surround yourself with and when to hire out Right. When do you outsource, whether it's, uh, you know, for me, I bought the website and now I get to adjust all the different pieces to it. I don't know how to build a website from scratch, so gotcha. I had to make sure I did that correctly. 
Um, <clears throat> one of the things that I do is instead of the morning, I'm not a morning person. I, I know that about myself. So at the end of my day, I have to prep the next day, right? Um, it, and it, it allows me to sleep a little sounder. And, uh, you know, my dogs and my wife are asleep. I get the house to myself. It's the exact opposite of what Michael was just talking about. <laughs> um, so it's, it's, for me, it's like, all right, I wake up at 8.30 in the morning, but I'm awake till 1.30 in the morning. So it's a little bit different. Um, and then my daily task, instead of having three tasks every day, I, I pretty much set myself out with one really important thing for the day. And then I have a huge list of accomplishments that I have to get done every day regardless. But one thing that's going to that's kind of the grand scheme of things, how is this going to move my business forward? And if you do that every day that you're at work, office, wherever, you'll be able to move forward a lot quicker. So we've been spending some time talking about challenges and somebody might be watching the show and saying, "I'm not becoming an entrepreneur. I don't want to give up all my free time. I don't want to get up at 4:30 in the morning. I don't, you know, but let's talk about the greatest accomplishments. Let's talk about what it feels like, the good stuff. You know, like, how do you, do you celebrate that accomplishments? And what's an accomplishment look like for an entrepreneur? Because we are three entrepreneurs sitting at this table, and we're probably all A-type personalities. And when, when do we celebrate mm -hmm. our accomplishments? Yeah, so I, I think you, you ought to celebrate your wins, because celebrating wins leads to bigger wins. Um, and so that's something that my uh, colleagues and I, with, with our startup Develop Me, are, are very deliberate uh, about doing. Success, uh, boy, there's nothing like landing a new client and cashing a new check. And so for us, uh, that's a validation of the work that we're doing. The tough part, um, like Nir said earlier, uh, are all the no's that might have led up to that point. Um, but boy, there's nothing better than really being able to, to land a new client. So that's what success looks like for you, we'll say, professionally. But is there a certain, you know, you, you, we were, we're talking about challenges and we're talking about you have to have passion. But do you kind of like go, oh, that gave me great satisfaction. That felt really good. So maybe the next day you say, well, I'll sleep in a little bit. I'm only kidding. <laughs> What's success feel like for you? Uh, well, first, it feels awesome. I uh, bet. It, it feels amazing. <laughs> like when you walk but up to me and let me smell your perfume and I say, wow, that's when really When I don't, fabulous. yeah, exactly. So when I, when I get that really fabulous thing, whether it's about my fragrance that you just smelled or it's about the inventory that I carry, I've had people walk around my shop and then when they're on their way out, they're like, I'm your competitor and your inventory is insane. It's amazing. You, you keep this up. That's amazing for me. That is That satisfies me for a week. Uh, and then to, to get the same kind of thing for my family, like, yeah, you're going in the right direction. Remember, I'm a small family business. Uh, so when my, when my mom and dad and my sister or my wife, when each of them says something, uh, the smallest compliment that they don't even consider, that, that gives me a high for, for a day, two days, three days. Uh, the, competi the competition, when they come and say something, that's amazing. That, that, I really love that. Uh, and finally, when somebody like you who has no, no real interest in fragrances is like, this is incredible, that I love. How could you tell that I have no interest in fragrance? <laughs> it's true. I'm very particular about what I Because most what... people don't, don't care. I mean, it's, it, 99 out of 100 people just don't, don't, aren't interested in fragrances. It's that one person. Uh, w you know, when Michael gets a new client, that's one thing. When I get that 1% person that's like, I have a $50,000 collection at home. Check this image of my, my collection. That's my prime target, right? So um, 
So I'm not your prime target. So no, 99% of people are just not, not interested so in what I really do. That's really interesting. Most people don't, you know, and it's funny because smells are so important in our everyday life. I mean, I'm, I don't know about you, but there's times I'm like, oh my God, that perfume is so strong. Does she, did she smell it? You know, did she, she, sm she doesn't know, or he doesn't know that you shouldn't spray that much. Right. And most people don't know, which is what gives me a job, gives my business something to do. I love that you were, how old, 12, you said when you were? I was 11, 12. 11, 12, yeah. and you were, I just love, because I think that there's so much tied into passion and what we do is really, and then we look back and we go, wow, that's, you know. But before we wrap up today's show, there's, there's something I think that we need to talk about quickly, um, is that I think we all need to have thick skin when you're an entrepreneur. You know, you said you have to be open to letting people say, yes, this is a great idea, or did you think about tweaking it about this way? Do either one of you have advice for our viewers to say, like, here's what I do. I wrote, I, like for me personally, if, if something, somebody says something to me, it may upset me or something, I'll say, listen to the evidence, focus on the evidence, focus on, look at your resume, so to speak. Do you guys do that, or is it just a female thing? No, everybody <laughs> does that. Yeah. That's awesome news. Yeah, uh, <laughs> For me, we called it rhino skin. I was in financial sales, so I'd spend like a few hours on the phone every day, and then I'd drive out to clients. We called it rhino skin. You basically have to put up with that and just run through the brick wall. Awesome. Well, I have to thank you so much because that was, this has been a great show. I want to thank you, uh, Mike Near Guy, and uh, Michael, thank you so much for joining us and um, for your insights for today. Bouncing back isn't just something that we do during a catastrophic event. It's something that we do every single day. Many of the most famous and successful people in the world do so while struggling with everyday doubts and frustrations. Bouncing back little by little might not seem dramatic, but in, the, in truth, it's what we do every single day in business and in life. Once again, I'm Lisa Bien, and I hope to see you next time on Bouncing Back. Hello, I'm Lisa Vienne, and welcome to Bouncing Back. God makes a way. Be honest and communicate. Honest. Your authentic self is yeah. so critical.